Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We're your hosts, James and Anthony. Today's episode, we'll be talking about Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 1. So it's time to go into Hawkins. Welcome back, movie friends. And if you're watching our show on YouTube, you'll see that we are actually in a new setting today. We are at the Spotify Anchor headquarters for today's episode. So their studio in Los Angeles, they invited us here to film, so we're very excited to be here. We will be transferring our show over to Anchor, which means we'll be getting video podcasts on Spotify, the app, very soon, as soon as the transfer is over. So we're really excited about this move. I think it's going to be awesome for the show. And it's people also watching go- us yeah. on Spotify. It's going to be really cool. And it's also going to allow our patrons to listen to the bonus episodes, so it's not going to be on YouTube anymore. We will be able to put our bonus episodes for patrons on a private Spotify a playlist. private playlist, for finally. Private, yeah. Finally. We've so been waiting a while for it. Very excited. So let's get into Stranger Things Season 4 so far. And Volume 1, volume one dropped a couple weeks ago. We obviously binged it while we were on our Euro trip on all the trains. This arrived almost three years at the end of the last season, so the hype has been immense. Probably the biggest for a show of all time since maybe Game of Thrones' final season. And I think in terms of the hype, they have delivered pretty well so far. Yeah, and you can tell Netflix put everything they had into this show because, as we've mentioned in a previous episode, they have been losing subscribers. So they're trying to entice people to stay subscribed or resubscribe to their service. And so they're putting a lot into this show. And you can tell, there, what is it, $30 million budget per episode? Per episode, which is crazy. Yeah. One of the most expensive shows of all time. And to put that in perspective, uh, a great film that came out this year, Everything Everywhere All at Once, was only a $25 million budget for the entire film. That's wild. And also the first season of Stranger Things, it had a complete budget of $7 million for the, the entire series. So they the budget has ballooned. Obviously, as the actors have become more prominent and the younger ones grew up, the leads they need they demand more money for the salary. So they're they getting, deserve more money. They deserve it. <laughs> so they're all they're getting paid, but also Netflix put a lot of money into the production, into the CGI. I think it has been a vast improvement from the last season. Everything from cinematography has been extremely creative. The sound design's excellent. The the score is excellent. They're also using, I think, more songs than ever, more popular culture music than they ever have. I think they've been able to afford licensing more songs. And I feel I like how a lot of the songs, like the Kate Bush song, has really tied into the one of the main themes of the show and, and the threads of Max's storyline. Not to mention, Kate Bush has been caking recently because yeah. of the crazy popularity of her song that was integral to Max escaping Vecna's clutches. But the music's been fantastic. We forgot to bring up Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein or uh, last episode on Stranger Things because mm-hmm. they do such a great job and the music is so important to the show, setting the mood, the synthy 80s aesthetic and vibe. is It's super important. We definitely they, did not rip it off for our intro. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but the show, the Production value, like Anthony said, has been off the charts this this season. It's it's exceptional, and I love how obviously the CGI is really great, even compared compared to last season. But the practical effects and the practical horror that they've been f- infusing into the show has been incredible. Especially Vecna is all prosthetics; it's real. The the actors are really in a Vecna suit. And it looks so much better than if they tried to do like a CGI villain. This is what's really making it a one of my favorite seasons of the show so far. I, it's hard to top season one, but. Uh, the practicality of the villain as well as the kills, it's become very graphic and very mature, and the Duffers are clearly showing homage and getting influence from classics like A Nightmare on Elm Street where Freddy Krueger is this practical, disgusting, scary-looking villain. Hey, man, Freddy Krueger might be listening. (laughs) (laughs) He's offended. He's unsubscribed. He's scratching his radio right now with his claws. But it's just scary seeing him on screen, whereas the CGI monsters, they've always been great, but like we, you all know, we prefer practical over CGI. There's just like that hint of, you know, it's not really there on screen, but when you see the antagonist on screen with the actors, it really makes it that more profound, makes it feel that more authentic and makes it feel like the threat is very real. And also, they're using CGI well to enhance practical sets. So a lot of these sets in the Upside Down, they're real. They are building these sets using a ton of ton of uh, tools and all sorts of stuff to create that gooey, like, dripping, upside-down world, reverse world d- dimension. And they're doing a really effective do- job practically creating that atmosphere, but then using CGI to enhance the mood, whether it's in... Vecna's lair with the red everywhere, but all this everything there is pretty much practical besides the animation going on in the background. Yeah, you can tell it's not just like an LCD screen 
LED screen that a lot of studios are using nowadays or just complete green screen. If you build the set out and then extend with CGI upon that, it really adds to the, you know, the actors standing there on set um, and it really makes that difference. And I like the extension of the upside down we're seeing. We're seeing that, you know, there's a super villain in the upside down and he has his own lair. It's different from what we've seen before. What's and he doing there all day? <laughs> he's just he's, chilling. So he's been trapped there since, what, 1979? He listens to Raiders of the Lost Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Vecna, for being a, a patron. But we're kidding because time is different in the upside down, which yeah. is what we've learned. Well, that's an interesting idea that they brought up in this season of how time froze to the first season's 1983, timeline. I believe. Yeah, um, because we see Nancy, she's looking at her diary, and it's like that day that Barb died, I believe, or around that time. Around when, the time. When, and I, she's I, still dating Steve. Yeah, so I think that the Upside Down has always been there, like Dustin theorized. It could have been there before the, you know, the dinosaurs were there, so the Upside Down, upside down could have always been here, but maybe Elle's... Um, maybe affected it to make the time freeze there. Something from, to do with L yeah, opening the, the gate. The interactions in the first season. So I think that she t- froze time there. I think we'll obviously get lots of answers. We've been getting a lot of answers, especially we've been learning more backstory about Hopper and all these characters. But the just to stay on the production, the tone, the horror has been excellent. I love the the Satan panic they've been going for from like the 1980s, which took over the United States. And everyone thought yeah. that like their kids were being like recruited by satanic cults because of like, rock musicians. music and heavy yeah. metal and like yeah. Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. I love the body horror element to this film. It's been brutal. The kills have been gory and brutal. And I think the it was really smart for the Duffers to open the season up with that eight minute, minute opening with Dr. Brenner flashback to see blood everywhere. And like they're letting us know this is not going to be the funnest season of the show. It's going to be very serious and people are going to die and someone important is going to die, you know, in the volume two when they drop it. I wanted that because season three was just very poppy and 80s. And fun. It was fun. And you had the Starcourt Mall and all these fun outfits and it's very colorful. And the tone overall was it, they needed it after season two was a bit of a, a middling tone, I would say. And then they captured a more fun 80s aesthetic. But then the kids are growing up. They're they're almost done with school, and then the and old- especially because of the COVID lockdown and yeah. delayed production, so they they've aged three years. Yeah, so they're much older than they were in season three, and also the older teens are getting old. Like they're in their twenties, and I, in, in real life, they're like 30, 31. Joe so- Carey's got like five kids now. Yeah, Just so <laughs> so and also the audience is growing up because Stranger Things has been around for what, six years now, seven years since twenty sixteen, I believe. Yeah. So. Even young people who started watching the show back then, now they're growing up and they're adults. So I think that the Duffers were smart to make the make the tone more mature, make it more graphic. You know, even teenagers, they'll watch graphic horror movies and they love that. We did. So I think that bringing the body horror element to it, it feels like very Cronenberg-esque at times. And that's what I always wanted because the first season really teased that. And I feel like they're hitting it in stride right now because the kills are brutal. And it's some of the best aspects of the show. And I like how Chrissy's killed the cheerleader at the end of the first episode. That really sold me. Like Eddie watching her being jumped up, risen up to the ceiling, and then her body just contorting. And it reminded me of uh, Suspiria, uh, Luca Guadagnino's remake of the classic Dario Argento film. And there's a similar scene where a woman's body is contorted in a horrible, disgusting manner. And it's also Exorcist. Yeah, Exorcist as well. So I, I love that aspect of the killers of the Wake Vecna, because we love the Demogorgon, we love the Demodogs, but also we always want something different. The Mind Flayers, like Flesh Body in Season 3 was very cool, but actually having something different that we weren't expecting was a really smart move by the Duffer Brothers. Yeah, I think you're right about maturing the show with your audience. It's the same thing they did with Harry Potter. The audience was getting older. Those show, Those movies got more and more serious every time until... Uh, movie 5, 6, and then Deathly Hollows. It's a very serious film, and the characters are going through a lot. Now, before we continue, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost Podcast, besides using our coupon codes, is to become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast, where you get awesome perks like personalized videos, Patreon shoutouts on the show, weekly bonus episodes that every single patron has access to, as well as $10, $25, and 100-tier patrons have access to our Discord, which we interact with Every day, we also do our watch parties on there a couple times a month. $25 tier and $100 tier patrons also get their own custom episode that they get to decide, and we make especially, specifically for you. $100 tier patrons also get an executive producer credit at the end of every main episode. We also launched our podcast, Masterclass Online Course, last year, so for anyone who wants to start a podcast or improve their current podcast, our 22-chapter 46 video lesson course will give you all the secrets behind the scenes of our show, the link is podcastmasterclass.teachable.com. 
or just go to our website, RaidersOfTheLostPodcast.com. It's right there on the homepage. Follow, subscribe, wherever you're listening. Leave those five-star reviews to, to give Anthony a big smile on his face. Really appreciate, appreciate you all tuning in. We're broadcasting again from Spotify Studios in Los Angeles. Very excited to be here. Now let's get back into Season 4, Volume 1. Volume 1. Of Stranger Things, because as Anthony re- revealed to us that... <laughs> They are releasing it in two volumes so that you stay subscribed to Netflix for two months. Yeah, I, there was, there's been so many rumors online of, oh, they must be fine-tuning and changing edits and stuff. It's like, no, they have it's in the can. They just don't want you to subscribe for one month, binge the show. Which is then, what I was going to do. Then cancel your subscription. They want you for at least two months. So it's actually it's a smart business move by Netflix. And also, they drop 10 hours of content in one day. So I think it's fine that they wait until next month to release People want it. more, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> like when people found out that the runtime for Thor 11 Thunder is under two hours. It's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Not every movie has to be over two hours long. But now, in, yeah. But what's great about this this season is every episode nearly feels like a movie in it itself. They've, yeah. they've done a great job with the production. It's, it's really top-notch. I and, also think that the writing is the best that we've had in the show so far, including season one, because... Uh, it's it, they have a great balancing act because the cast is huge. It's a gigantic ensemble. It's turned into Game of Thrones. And you have the leads, the lead characters. The main groups are in four different locations, and then you have you're throwing Doctor Brenner back in, going back to the past, and then you have great new additions like Jamie Campbell Bauer, and then um, the actor who plays Eddie, who I really love. So having three new main characters coming into the fold because Brenner's he's the last couple seasons he's just been in and out barely there but he's a a major role in this film I love Eddie I think he's a really terrific addition and then Jamie Campbell Bauer as number as number one as Vecna uh, I think is an excellent addition so they extended the cast even more but still they're giving everyone enough screen time they're based they're doing their best to balance out all the beloved characters, because everyone I'm sure has a different favorite character, and uh, the the cast is just gigantic. So it must be very difficult to weave in together all these story threads, give everyone enough screen time, get everyone enough dialogue um, to satisfy fans and the actors as well. Because you don't want to be like I'm a famous actor now and I have nothing to do really in the show. I'm sure they want to satisfy everyone else. So they're doing a great job of balancing this ma- like massive cast that they've grown. They are doing a pretty good job. The setting of this season is taking place in three main locations. We're in California, we're in Hawkins, and also in Russia. Those are basically the main three spots that we're at. Now, like you said, it, it, they are doing a balancing act. For me, I, I would say a con is they're they're kind of leaving some characters out to dry. I think the California crew, where we have, obviously... Will, Jonathan, Mike, and then new addition Argyle, who's super Argyle's fun. Argyle's great. I, I love to Argyle. Him but Jonathan stealer. and Will, they've just turned into characters that really aren't doing anything with the plot. Whereas Will used to be very involved with the plot because mm-hmm. he was the one constantly being tortured by the upside <laughs> down. And then Mike has turned into like just like kind of like a side character when he I feel like he used to always feel like a main character to me. Mm-hmm. And I understand what they're doing. And and now it seems like Nancy and Max are clearly the kind of leads of this season so far. Even Eleven to an extent, but Eleven's character, her storyline, I feel like they could have condensed Eleven's storyline in terms of her past and her trauma and then maybe Hopper's storyline a little more because it's been the entire season so far where we're finally coming to the conclusions of their situations where Hopper's finally gotten, getting released, I mean, um, saved by Joyce and Murray and then Eleven's finally getting her superpowers back just mm-hmm. in time for Volume 2. I understand why they did, but I feel like it, maybe if they condensed it a little more and got the California kids to Eleven sooner because they're still they still haven't found Eleven yet mm-hmm. and they're take, that's taking forever. So I feel like and I think in the last episode of of Volume One, the California kids aren't even in the episode. I don't think they, I didn't. I don't remember seeing them in the episode. I'm, I'm trying I think to think they, back. I think, I think they're completely out of it. I think I finished that episode and I was like, "Oh, did we even see Mike and Will and Jonathan?" I'm not sure. And I understand what you're saying because I mean, they you but you can still only do so much. You have 25 characters. Yeah, in no, this show. that's what I mean. <laughs> and also because, like they said, they were Game of Thronesifying this, yeah, this season. Yeah, yeah, and then. Max and Nancy definitely got beefed up roles, but I think they, I think it works out because Max, uh, she has an important thread and relationship to the previous seasons that really tie into this, and Vecna attacking teens who have past trauma. Although you could say that um, someone else could have been attacked, like Will could have been attacked again, but I think they wanted to give Will a break. Will's always the fall guy, so yeah. I think giving Max... Um, the basically the will role from the first two seasons, I think, was a good move, and it is a very emotional and poignant um, um, plot line for Max and the Nancy. I think Nancy has always been building towards becoming like the the main lead of the of 
the kids. You call her MVP. MVP. She's really, she's literally spearheading the investigation like she always has. She's become a great investigator and an excellent talker. Like she can talk her way out of anything now. So I think she's definitely uh, an MVP of the season this so far. That's why I think it would be interesting if maybe she, I think someone's gonna die. If it's her, it would be really difficult for the kids to overcome because she has become such an important ally and basically the lead, ringleader of the whole group. I still think it might be Steve. And the trailer came out, and maybe people are trying to insinuate or guess who did it. But remember, these studios, they film trailers in different ways to tell you different things about the trailer and to get you excited and get theories going so they surprise you. We all know Marvel does the same thing, so I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if Stranger Things Netflix are doing the same thing. I like how Nancy, because season three, she was really just with Jonathan like investigating the rats and stuff like that. And I think her character is better used driving the plot forward, investigating Victor Creel and following her gut and being like kind of the the key, her and Dustin, the keys of figuring out all these little things that are going on, whether it be Dustin with the compass, discovering that there are gates and different portals every time Vecna kills somebody. And then Nancy just leading the investigation down Victor Creel's way and meeting Victor Creel. And then eventually we find out that it was his son who was... Uh, born with powers, unlike all the other children who were given powers, basically, from, yeah. the, from the experimentation and the drugs. And so Victor Creel's son became number one at Hawkins' lab, Dr. Brenner's first test patient. And then eventually we all realized that we found out that Eleven didn't kill all these kids at Hawkins' lab, despite her memories thinking that because she blocked it all, all out. Once she fi- figures out and goes into her past, into her trauma, she discovers and learns and remembers that one killed everybody after he tricked her into helping him escape, and then she banished him into the Upside Down, not even knowing what the Upside Down was. It's a terrific twist, and I didn't see it coming in terms of, of number one, being Creel's son. I had a feeling that Jamie Campbell Bauer being in the film because, in the show, he's a high-profile actor, and he's a very talented guy. And so when I the first episode I saw him, and I'm like, why is he playing, like, just like a nurse at this facility. Like a side he's, he's got like one line an episode. So I, I was always suspicious about him because oftentimes a movie will have like a twist where like, oh, this actor was always the bad guy in the end. Agatha Hawkins is an example with um Catherine with um Catherine Kahn because I I actually predicted that because I was like, why is Kahn in this show? She's such an amazing actor. Oh, in WandaVision. Yeah, in WandaVision. Why is she playing just like this neighbor who shows up every other scene? So it, it you can always kind of have a feeling if there's a great actor or a high-profile actor in the minimal role at first, there's a good chance they're going to have something much more beefed up later in whether it's a movie or a show. So I had a feeling that he was going to have a bigger part to play, but I, I had no idea, and it was a terrific twist revealing it to be Victor Creel's son. And he the, and the Duffers, they weren't, like, hiding anything from you. They showed you the kid in the flashbacks. He was very depressed, and he seemed to be a big loner. So those were big hints also that that house not being haunted but being affected by him tormenting his own family. I thought it was a brilliant. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Twist on the villain. And then uh, Bauer did an excellent job in the role. I love him as both Vecna and number one. And once once uh, L takes out that chip from his neck, I was like, oh, he's going to mess people up. Yeah, but I, I think I knew, he's a good guy. I was like, he's going to destroy people. Yeah. So he, I thought it was an excellent turn for the villain. He kind of turns, he's like kind of like a Magneto kind of character. Yeah. He's <laughs> super powerful, and you think he's kind of, he's ambiguous in terms of his morality. Then you yeah. find out that he's completely corrupt. When, when they were playing chess, that's when I was like, oh, I bet this guy, I, I bet he could be Vecna. Because why would he be establishing such a close relationship and helping L as opposed to the other kids? Yeah. So I think he also saw that L was... 
a very powerful user of these abilities rather than the other ones. Now, this special Stranger Things episode of the show is brought to you by our friends at Zavi.com. That's Z-A-V-V-I, the best place to get all your franchise merch, collectibles, all sorts of stuff. They sent us some great Stranger Things items. We have a cool little big mug right here. Anthony has an arcade yeah, mug. Yeah, an arcade mug. He got an 11 pop. I have this really cool Demogorgon varsity jacket that they sent us as well. This is my new favorite coat. It looks sick you on look camera. You look great. If you're watching on YouTube or on Spotify podcasts right now, video podcasts. So definitely go to Zavi.com and our code is Raiders to get all sorts of discounts on their products. They have a brand new Stranger Things clothing line as well as clothing lines for Obi-Wan Kenobi, Star Wars for the 45th anniversary. Jurassic World, Call of Duty, and the upcoming Stranger Things Volume 2. Volume two. All their clothing is printed on demand in their warehouse, meaning they don't waste anything and every item is ready to launch. <clears throat> Zavi also launched their Moth headphones line with all sorts of interchangeable covers. I have a Batman and Joker one coming in. Anthony has Jurassic Park. They got all cool franchises for these. They are custom printed interchangeable design caps, Bluetooth connectivity, battery life for 16 hours, 90 days standby time, and charge time is only two hours. They also have an extensive library of Blu-ray steelbooks. We have a bunch of these from The Thing to Inglorious Bastards to some Marvel movies. They are high quality and they have the most amazing steelbook covers they also have the royal bubbles zavi exclusive l11 bobblehead they have a a 1000 of these so if you want to get one of these they are going fast it's in it's 11 in her haptic suit right after she learns how to become a superhero once again at the end of volume one and now don't forget to check out their online digital magazine the lowdown we are in the june issue with an interview but they also highlight all sorts of new projects coming out this month as well as next month and so just go to Zavi.com, Z-A-V-V-I.com, the home of all things pop culture. Use our coupon code Raiders to get all sorts of discounts on everything today. All right. Now, there are a lot of plot lines going on this season, quite a few. And quite. the Duffers and the writers and the film and filmmakers, they're doing a really good job, I think, balancing everything out. Obviously, they're not pleasing everybody with their characters, but we have the Search for Eleven, which is happening with the California kids. So we have Argyle, Will, Jonathan, and Mike. They're finally getting going by the end of season of volume one. They're they're on the case. They get the they're tracking the phone number and figuring out they get Susie's help, which was a lot of fun to see Susie mm-hmm. back again. Um, in her home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eleven is in the opening of the season, struggling to adapt to her new surroundings, being a normal kid in school. She's got no powers anymore. She's lying to Mike that she has this perfect life and she has friends when she actually is getting severely bullied, which is very intense and excessive, I think, sometimes. <laughs> like, what happens at the bo- at the roller rink is messed well, Yeah, up. I would say, just real quick, uh, the bullies are the one thing that I haven't enjoyed about the show. I think they, both Jason and Angela, they seem just, they're a little too... Like the dials turn to eleven with them, but but no pun intended. In, in past horror films, that's what it's like. Oh no, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like Carrie. But no, but that's where because they've always done a great job of making bullies more uh, three dimensional. I mean, you could say that Steve Harrington was a bully, true, in the first season. But I think they, because he was so loved, they yeah. kept him. They turned him into a main yeah. character. But I think that Angela, especially, he, she seemed like a sociopath. Yeah, <laughs> like seriously, had like no empathy at all. I thought that was a little. It was just a little too far. And also, I thought we were going to see more of her. Maybe there would be a redemption arc with her and L. Um, a re- reconnection. I, and I thought the actress did a great job, so I was disappointed to see that we never saw her again. Obviously, gigantic ensemble cast. We can't really fit that many new people in, but I would have liked to. S- I would have liked to see a satisfying conclusion to that entire thread because we never see it again. The girl got horribly messed up, broken nose, and I would have liked to see L. Maybe, maybe she will in volume two. We'll see a, another scene with them where they can maybe have a cathartic moment, but I would have liked to see more of that actress and maybe see another side of her as a reason why she's a bully in terms of, like, Billy, we learned, had an abusive father. That's why he's a, a terrible guy. So I think that the bullies were just a little a little too excessive. Dialed to yeah. 15. Yeah, literal sociopaths. <laughs> and then Jason, he's I think he's a, the actor's a, a good actor, but the pep talks are a little too long. Like, when he's giving the speech <laughs> to the school, I'm like, this kid's supposed to be 16. Who gives speeches <laughs> like this? I mean, he'd be a great politician. yeah. But man, it's a little much. But it's. it's but I'd like to horror. see him. Yeah, it, it seems like he and Lucas are going to have a final confrontation. That's and so it looks like Lucas is going to be. They're fighting in the trailer, so they're going to have a moment. Lucas might be able to overcome him and maybe save others because it looks like Jason is 
really not full throttle doing whatever he can to kill Eddie. I like the satanic cult yeah, uh, I think angle it's a great and motivation yeah. for how he's like recruiting the town of Hawkins to go after the Hellfire Club, which is such a cool club. And yeah. like, I want that t-shirt, you know, the, the Dungeons and Dragons crew at the high school. Also, when did Lucas start playing basketball? Like, I'm still confused about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I get they want to separate the kids and create tension between the friends and, and, and animosity, but then get them to re- get rekindled. And and get up, back but together. also, that's a writing thing where they probably like, we want this high school jock being a, a villain, and how do we get him into the story? We have one of the kids join the basketball yeah. team. And so, so it's a, it's like a writing yeah. thread thing. But I, I like how serious it's gotten where now there's like real world repercussions for the kids. The stakes feel very real. That have nothing to do with monsters. Yeah. Now they have like an entire town trying to burn them like witches at a cross. And also, Vecna is a great villain, um, reminiscent of Freddy, because the fear, the fear that Freddy elicited. Was that he could get you anytime, you fall asleep. And it, whereas the the villains have always been like monsters, and if you're, there's not a monster near you, you're safe. But with Vecna, anybody's at risk at any point in time, and he could just come and grab you no matter what. Whether it be like the the journalist intern gets taken, and then the the basketball player when they're chasing um, Eddie on the boat and they're swimming, he just gets pulled out of the water out of nowhere. So anyone's at risk of being taken by Vecna, which I think is really smart because it makes the danger feel really, really authentic. Not, technically not anyone. He goes after people with emotional yeah, yeah. trauma or yeah. mental health, which is a great thing to address in the show I mean, show he comes sure. out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, he comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, another big storyline is Joyce and Murray as they go to I save Hopper in Russia. Yeah. I like how we got a lot more Murray. I think he's turned into a fan he's favorite. He's one of my favorite characters. Super funny in the season now. He's a black belt and we finally <laughs> see his karate skills, which is super funny. Obviously, Winona Ryder back as Joyce is a highlight of the show for sure. Her and Murray going to Russia, dealing with Enzo, who's also a new fan favorite. I think Enzo's a great character. Mm. Another just funny, silly Russian guy. And also the faceless man yeah. from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and then Hopper's in this Russian prison, and we kind of have a couple of prison break, break situations going on. And we learn more backstory about Hopper, which we talked about last episode, where we found out he was in Vietnam. He was making uh, napalm weaponry or, or nap- napalm fluids for just destroying land in Vietnam during the war, which got he attributes to his daughter getting cancer because of his exposure to that, which is he blames himself and his wife blame him basically for the death of their daughter and getting leukemia. And it really informs the entire performance of Hopper, especially in season one, where he's reluctant to even start looking for Will. And he seems to be like this depressive alcoholic sheriff who has clearly had better days. So I, I like how we finally understand David Harbour's performance from day one after and, this. And then um, the pilot, the Russian pilot, I can't remember his name. He's super funny. And I love when um, when Murray impersonates him and yeah. they have his, his mouth duct tape. It's, I, I, it's pretty I, clever. This is my favorite Joyce storyline. I think that her going to Russia to save Hopper is terrific. And it's been very charming. Her and Murray have been a great pairing. Like we've mentioned before, the Duffers are always... Yuri, I'm sorry, his name is Yuri. Yuri. They're always swapping um, groups. Uh, like in this season, we have Nancy and Robin are clashing, and they work really, really really well together. Murray and Joyce, because Murray was with Nancy and Jonathan in the other season, in yeah. season two, and this time he's with Joyce, and they are a great combination of conflicting personalities, but also they get the job done. And just like we have this epic plane crash and just traveling to Russia. I think it's been a really terrific plot for, for Joyce. She's been able to really... Show the kind of woman she's become after all these experiences. Very confident, very um, powerful, and capable person. And it's it's really she spearheads the the rescuing of Hopper. I like Hopper's prison storyline. However, I think he's gone back and forth motivation wise a few times in the season. Which he's just, how so? So one episode he's talking about how he doesn't even want to live anymore. There's no point, and he he's got nothing to live oh, yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. And then the next episode he's like, we, I need to survive. I need uh-huh. to like protect Eleven, and he, maybe I can give her something less. Well, it's just different stages. I know it's of just different, but it's just like yeah. it was so fast. It's like. Complete 180. You might want to get that shit under check. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I love the Demogorgon fight. It's very cool. Yeah. And obviously, he survived because he has experience with the Demogorgon. Unfortunately, Murray and Joyce arrive at the exact same time that they're battling him and their fire's running out. It's, so it's really cool. What's also interesting is in the trailer, we get a shot of Hopper walking through the facility, and there's like a bunch of more monsters and tanks, and it looks like they have even like a, a piece of a tentacle from the Mind Flare from when it was in the right setup in the real world. So it, I, it's, I wonder what else this prison facility has in regards to things from the upside down. And I just can't wait to see how much bigger that, because that entire plot has been very small in scope for Hopper. And I can't wait to get him, to see him back with the other group. Yeah. And I think there will be a point 
at the end of Volume Two, where I think everyone will be together. Probably, we'll, so, like we'll a big see. battle, yeah. like an Avengers, like Avengers game. Avengers <laughs> just waiting for them all to come through Walking portals. Walking through rings, <laughs> upside down portals. <laughs> now, besides Jimmy Bell, Jamie Campbell Bauer, I think a great highlight to the season has been Joseph Quinn as Eddie Munson, awesome new character, ignited the screen in the first episode. Unfortunately, the plot turned him into. The wrong villain of the in mur- the wrong suspect of the murder of Chrissy, so yeah. he's been on the run. So I think I was a little disappointed to to lose him as that like exciting character for a couple episodes. But obviously, you understand it's essential to the plot. But though, when, but when he joins up with the older teens and they all go into the upside down, exactly. I, I really love where that story's going. I think that's my favorite plot line so far. Yeah. So when everyone believes them, Dustin believes Eddie, of course, because he really knows what Eddie's like. But then it's the older kids. They go into the upside down because they leave Dustin and and who else is in um Max Max on the on the yeah. beach and Lucas on the beach yeah, yeah, Lucas yeah and then they go to find the portals that Dustin realized from his compass are being created and now they realize they're being created wherever Vecna kills somebody Vecna now has he has the ability to create more gates and portals into the upside down so we have Steve Nancy Robin. And then also now Eddie Munson are teamed up. And I, like I said, I love when they go into the water. Steve finally getting some action going, goes down first. Not a babysitter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Gets dragged down through the upside down. And then they all follow him. And we have four people in the upside down. Uh, I don't think any of them had been in the upside down before, had Nancy they? Nancy was in the upside Nancy down. Nancy was in the upside down. Was, was season Steve one. Upside down? Steve? Um, I'm not sure. But yeah, they went in the tunnels. In season- the tunnels technically weren't the upside down. I would say they're upside down. Because they were drawing, the tunnels were underground. Um, the, yeah, they were using, they were acting as a distraction. But the, I don't think that was technically the upside down. Those are the tunnels that the demodogs had created. I I would right? co- I, I personally think it was the upside. It's down. a little bit. Yeah. There's, 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 the mist was coming around. The there's, yeah, there's stuff flying around the. Air. So maybe yeah, technically they were. But to have four people in the upside down at once was a really cool situation. To be fighting those the evil bats. bats was really yeah, fun. I loved it. Um, Steve's taking a beating. He's getting severely wounded, but it, it's a great sequence and. Uh, he has Eddie's jacket, but I just I think the four of them together it really works. It clicks. It's a lot of fun, and Eddie's back is like an exciting character. I think rather than just laying low and hiding, which I really appreciated. But then also the sequence of them discovering that they can communicate with Dustin at the Wheeler's house, and they are able to see each other, and they mm. and they find themselves at the gate at the at the RV Eddie Munson's place, and then the flipping upside down. Into the real world from the upside down is very cool. It's awesome to see it from that perspective of going vertically or mm-hmm. down or up, which was a lot of fun. But then Vecna grabbing Nancy, uh, Nancy last minute was also really shocking. Yeah, it's a great a great cliffhanger, and I love the the connection back to season one with the communicating through the lights. Um, I love the night bright. Yeah, with the night bright. We had those. I don't those know if, the, if anyone didn't grow up in the '90s or you grew up in the late '90s. Night bright was huge in the '80s and '90s. Mm-hmm. Super fun. You just like make all sorts of messages. It was like a di- like a. You would make little animals and yeah, stuff. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a blast. I also really there was another major connection to season one in this one that I loved is that Elle got her head shaved again. Yeah, and so we have eleven. With that iconic signature look of having the shaved head, which is one of the most um, memorable parts of season one, just seeing the trailer, seeing this little girl with the buzz cut wearing a dress using and with superpowers with the Ego Waffles, just a really iconic image for the entire series. And I think going back to that, we're, we're basically going back to Elle's roots. I enjoyed seeing her with the buzz cut again. It feels like they're really making a connection to the first season. And But you also, we also are experiencing her trauma with her. Yeah. So I think that was important for, to show. And like we said, the Duffers every season, they've changed things and added things. And this is a way where they are, in a way, retrofitting new storylines into the past that we never saw. Um, which is a common thing with uh, franchises nowadays where they're like retrofitting things. Like in the Jurassic World, having um, Lockwood's daughter as like a, a main scientist back during Jurassic Park era, just creating characters yeah, for plot. So, so exactly. <laughs> so that's happening a lot nowadays. But I think Stranger Things did a really great job of it by saying, okay, the writers were like, how do we have this new villain reveal him and his relationship with Elle? What if she shut down those memories from trauma? I think it's a really great aspect of the show, and also ties into her gaining her powers back by reliving the most traumatic part of her life. And that is a way of her re- reigniting her abilities. I thought it was a great way to tie in the new retrofitting of a new past with new characters and a new storyline that now has, is part of the lore. But I'm sure they weren't even considering that because they have changed things from season to season. So I thought that was a very smart way of both retrofitting 
new past, as well as how does Elle get her powers back. Now, how about we'll run into our little intermission right now, and then we'll get more into Eleven and the rest of season I also four. have I have a lot of theories about season of Volume 2 that I'd like to talk about, too. I cannot after, wait yeah. to hear these theories, pal. You've been, you've been juicing them up all morning. Yeah, they're, pretty good. they're pretty good. So let's, head, <laughs> let's head on into our intermission. And now, Raiders of the Lost podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped.com, the leaders in men's grooming who are turning your shower routine into your favorite part of the day with their new Ultra Premium Collection, which comes with 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner, body wash, hydrating body spray, and a free set of Manscaped lip balm. They also just launched their Boxer Briefs 2.0. They sent me and Anthony a couple pairs of these, and they are my new favorite briefs I've ever worn. They're super comfortable. I highly, highly, highly recommend getting yourself a couple pair of these. Use our coupon code RAIDERS of the Lost at checkout from Manscaped.com. Don't get caught in the upside down. Get those new Briefs 2.0, you'll get free shipping and 20% off your entire order. Also, Manscaped launched their Platinum 4.0 collection, which is hands down the best deal you could possibly get from their site. It includes the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which we have been talking about forever. Decades. If you don't have a Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, you're missing out. We all sync them together at the same time and turn them on during Discord parties. It's amazing. I'm just kidding. We don't do that at all. Uh, It also comes with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which when you start turning 30, you might need that. Um, ultra premium body wash, two in one shampoo conditioner. We know how much dudes love two in one stuff, three in one stuff. Give me a toothpaste, five in one shampoo conditioner. Maybe they'll come with the, up with that someday. Deodorant, boxers, shed travel bag, all sorts of goodies. So go to manscaped.com, use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout. You get twenty percent off and free shipping worldwide. I'm actually shocked how often I use the nose trimmers now. <laughs> it's become a necessary thing. <laughs> you like to turn into dad, man. <laughs> yeah, for real. Our other amazing sponsor, MoviePosters.com, is the best place to get your posters online today. Use our special promo code RAIDERS10 to get 10% off your order at MoviePosters.com. They have a gigantic selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable in their arsenal. So if you're a fan of Stranger Things, they have a ton of brand new posters for you to check out, as well as classic movies, your favorite Marvel, Star Wars, whatever your poster needs are, they got you covered. They can also do all sorts of sizes, backlighting, and framing for your poster needs. They got you hooked up. So again, head on over to MoviePosters.com and use our very special promo code RAIDERS10 to get 10% off your order today. I want to get into our intermission. Let's begin with the movie quote competition. You ready, pal? Ready. I was like, did I remember to do this? I totally did. I hope you did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now look, maybe your method of massage differs from mine, but you know, touching his wife's feet, sticking your tongue in her holiest of holes, ain't the same fucking ballpark. It ain't the same fucking league. And even the same fucking sport. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jules in Pulp Fiction. Yes, sir. Great, great scene. I knew you'd get it. It's still a fun it's quote. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun to say. I love Jules. All right, here's my quote. I'm sorry. That last hand nearly killed me. The what? The last hand? <laughs> I'm sorry. That last hand nearly killed me. Rounders? Nope. Is it a poker movie? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> There's poker in the movie, yes. Um, it, They're referring to poker, yeah. Ocean's Eleven? No. Um, uh, I don't know. Casino Royale. Uh, he says it to the chief after he, he does, like, the, uh, what do you call it? The chest h- compression? Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> compression. What's it called? <laughs> the um, heart. Oh, what is it called? Oh, he laughs at me. He doesn't <laughs> know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. James. <laughs> All right, moving on to movie release here. <laughs> All right. Someone will say it in the comments. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. The chest compressor. <laughs> better than your answer. The cardiac <laughs> pump. <laughs> <laughs> what year did Wall Street come out? Oh, good one. I'm going 1990. 1987. Darn. Creed is good. All right. What year did Tomorrow Never Dies come out? Tomorrow Never Dies. This is Bronson with Halle Berry, right? I believe. So 1997. Correct. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Nailed it. Good one. All right. Pop quiz time. In Enola Holmes, who plays Sherlock Holmes and who plays Moriarty? Moriarty? Or no, not Watson? Moriarty. I mean, <laughs> I don't think he's in that His movie. His brother, I'm sorry. You got Sherlock's it. brother. Henry Cavill and Sam Claflin. There you go. Yeah. As I don't know why I wrote Moriarty. Yeah, because you're a bonehead. I was. I did that at midnight. <laughs> Sam Claflin's a great actor. He's excellent in uh, Peaky Blinders. Yeah. And Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's my quiz question. What poker hand did James Bond play to win the game against La Chifra? 
So what? All right. So what hand have, did he win with? He had. You don't have to give me the new numbers and suits or anything. Just tell me what was the hand. It was not full house. I believe it was a flush. A specific kind of flush. <laughs> no, that was your answer. No, but I, you, I no, no, you saw my face. I didn't. No, no, I didn't. I didn't put a period at the end of that sentence. All right, there was a beat. It was. I'll give you the beat. <laughs> um, a straight flush. Correct. Yes. Can you give me what suit it is? You said I didn't need it. No, it's oh, a bonus suit. point. Bonus point. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Easy tiger. You got it right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You know how I am with winning. Um, spades. Spades is right. Nice. Correct. Thanks. I believe Ooh. La Chifra had a full house, and then Bond pulled out the uh, spades. It's a four, five, six, seven, eight. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um, who do we have? Any supporters or haters of the league? Or do we have, who's our godfather supporter this week? We have an amazing godfather supporter, Andre Runarsson. He is a big fan of ours. We, uh, we love chatting with him every once in a while. Uh, he actually is working in the film industry on a few film sets in Iceland. Um, we love our supporters around the world and knowing that we have a, a great fan in Iceland is so fun. So cool. Yeah, and uh, we, he's been an excellent fan of our show. He requested Cop Out as nice. his review. It's an Icelandic buddy cop movie. Oh, yeah, he was telling us about yeah, this. Yeah, he was telling us about So we're going to review that. We can't wait to add it to our Godfather bonus reviews. It look, I watched the trailer. It looks like a lot of fun, so we're looking forward to that. And Andre, thank you so much You're amazing. for being a Godfather patron. We love yeah, him. I remember communicating and talking with him. We communicated like, with him. like yeah. half a year yeah. ago. Really, really great guy. Uh, we have a great five star review from Dom Knight. The title of the review is Game Changers. Been listening and watching on YouTube the last few months. Quickly became my favorite podcast. These guys know their stuff, but look at movies for what they are and aren't so pretentious. Careful planning, great details, and great personalities drive this podcast. Would love to watch a movie with these dudes. I'll never unsubscribe. Thanks, Dom Knight. We have a bunch of uh, good unsubscribes today. Who we got? Okay, so we have Caleb Jeter, our boy Caleb. Um, (laughs) Because I called, uh, in the Top Gun episode, I said that uh, One Republic, no, no, 21 Pilots did the song (laughs) for a moment. And then he goes, Anthony, how could you mistake One Republic for 21 Pilots unsubscribed? (laughs) Just kidding. He actually got tickets for One Republic for his dad. (laughs) And then uh, in our our Jurassic World episode, Evan Smith wrote, Goodzilla unsubscribed. I did say it, didn't I? He said Godzilla. (laughs) He said Godzilla. And I then, did correct myself though. Yeah, and then um, in the T Rex clip where um, I dissed the T Rex in our TikTok <laughs> clip, um, Bodie's bulletin wrote T Rex is in the reviews unsubscribed, <laughs> and then another Owen Grace wrote T Rex is unsubscribed. So I told you, man, you pissed off those T Rexes. All the T Rexes, sad T Rexes. <laughs> The clip was great because I put together a bunch of I found gifts of sad T Rexes like yeah. one's crying on a pillow, one's the, looking, looking out, out the, the window. window. That killed me. <laughs> that was great. so funny. I couldn't believe someone made those. And also, whoever made that meme, like they made like the house like gigantic for the, the dinosaur to be able to live in. Yeah. It was just a lot of thought put into that. It was meme. incredible. Whoever, whoever made those, congratulations on being awesome. <laughs> on this day in film history, today is June twenty seventh in nineteen seventy three. Live and Let Die, the eighth James Bond film and first one to star Roger Moore, is released. In 1986, Labyrinth is released. 1990, Days of Thunder is released. 2003, 28 Days Later, and The Room are released. <laughs> 2008, Wally and Wanted are released. In 2012, Beasts of the Southern Wild is released. In 2014, Begin Again and Transformers Age of Extinction are released. Happy birthday to Jenis Kaminsky, J.J. Abrams, Tobey Maguire. Sam Claflin getting another drop. Wow. And then Matthew Lewis, Neville Logbottom, our guy. Neville. My streaming recommendation for this episode is Death on the Nile, which is an awesome film that Kenneth Branagh made. Came out, was it this year or last it was year? Spring. In it was really terrific. We saw it in IMAX. He shot it on film. It was really beautiful. I highly recommend it. It's on Hulu. Oh, nice. They must have just added that recently yeah. then. I recommend The Offer on Paramount Plus. It tells the story of um, Al Ruddy, the producer of The Godfather. and the struggles and tribulations he got to making the film with uh, the studio and with Coppola and gangsters not being happy about his production. It's really good. Miles Teller leads the cast. Matthew Good is excellent. Juno Temple. So it's an awesome show. Uh, I highly recommend it. It has bad reviews, but I watched the first two episodes and I was like, this show is awesome. Isn't the audience review super high and then the, the audience score So the audience low? review on Rotten Tomatoes is 97% and then the critics score is like a 52%. How does that happen? I, still- I really don't know. I watched the show. I'm like, this is a solid show. 
So check it out if you have Paramount Plus. I highly recommend it. Apparently, you have to make The Godfather or die if yeah, you're making yeah, a show I about The so. Godfather. Now, let's get back into the episode. And I want to talk about theories for Volume 2 and also for the future of Stranger Things that we know let's so far. Let's do it, man. So I have, I have a big theory about this show and something that we're going to see that actually the Duffers have not touched on, but they've hinted at in this season, and that's time travel. So I think that... In Volume 2, we might see time travel from Eleven. Uh, I think it's possible that she might have to go back in time to save her friends. And I think time travel has been hinted at many times. First of all, the grandfather clock that we've seen as a theme, an image, and an idea throughout the entire season. Uh, This could tie to the grandfather paradox. Um, Traveling back in time, killing your grandfather, then how could you exist? And so I think we're going to see the grandfather paradox in Volume 2. And so otherwise, why would the clock be shown so often? We see it all the time, and it doesn't really have anything to do with anything really going on. It's just a connection with Vecna and his past. So I think that time travel in the Grandfather Paradox are going to be things that we're going to see. And also, Vecna, when he's talking to Elle when she's little, after he shows who he really is, he talks about how much he hates time and how he, his plan was to escape time. And uh, minutes, hours, weeks, days, years, decades, centuries, he's like, he hates it. So I think that he his goal is to find a way to... Not only just freeze time, but even travel through time. So I think we're going to see that in the season. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Clearly time is a huge theme with Vecna. And obviously we learned that time pretty much stood still in the Upside Down after Eleven broke through the barrier because they discovered that it's 1983, I believe. And also maybe Vecna froze time when he broke through. Maybe he's been stuck there and frozen in time since he got in there put by L. Obviously she did it by accident even though the Upside Down existed. So I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with time. Obviously we know season five is going to have a time jump. Probably the kids are going to be in college or something like that or seniors in high school because they're getting old and they have to figure out, oh, we have to make the show for another two years and... (laughs) It's not going to come out until 2025, probably. They not look like teenagers anymore. So yeah. we'll have a time jump in the next season. But time travel is an interesting theory. I, I'm all f- I'm for it. I think it's pretty interesting. Why not raise the stakes a little more? I There aren't many horror films, I think, that deal with time travel. So I think that would be a really cool new element to put into this horror show. Yeah, it's good. I would say it's a connection to the Terminator franchise. So it's pretty cool. I think it's a cool idea. And... I'm I'm for it. I'm all for time travel. Is yeah. it going to be like a time turner watch? Probably not. I wonder how far back she would go back in time. If she yeah. can go back in time, would she go back in time and kill long, uh, little Mister Creel or or I what? Don't, I don't know. But we do. We even get a visual motif of it when when Creel is telling his story when he's a little kid in the house. He's actually rewinding the clock in his house, the grandfather clock. I think that he's not actually going back in time at that moment, but it's a it's a metaphor for what he wants to do. So I think that um, I think. Vecna is going to either time travel or L is going to time travel at the end of this uh, season. And also, in terms of the grandfather clock, I think that the school counselor has something, another part to play in this because I've seen online people have been showing that she actually has a necklace that has a clock on it and a key. And the the the, neck, the emblem is in the shape of a key. With Maybe the... that's a time turner. <laughs> <laughs> but also, so it ties to the grandfather clock, which if you look at all the grandfather clock we keep seeing, it has a keyhole in it. So I think the school counselor is going to have another part to play. Maybe she's probably been possessed by Vecna this entire time because, as we've seen, a couple of the kids who were killed, uh, including Max, they have been seeing the guidance counselor. So that's probably how Vecna, he probably needs to gain emotional understanding about the histories of each of the kids to really possess them. So I'm sure he's been using the guidance counselor as a way of helping himself uh, grab a hold of the kids. So yeah, I think that's school- how he knows who they yeah. are and their, about their past, even though he is very powerful and create a, can create a psychic link. Maybe he needs this yeah. information still in the files from the guidance counselor. Yeah. So I think that the counselor will see again for sure. Um, I also think that we're going to get a new villain for season five set up in this season. And my guess is, bear with me here, I think that Elvis. No, I think that Will is going to be the new villain. That'd be cool. So Will, super villain Will. Yeah, super villain Will. Because first of all, he's had interactions with the Upside Down and a connection with it. Maybe some in some way he could be given abilities like Alan Vecna at the end of the season. But uh, I saw this photo online. Um, someone put together. So there's the image of when Mike comes to California from the airport and and him and Elle are holding each other as they're walking down the terminal and then Jonathan's in the background. And then Will is standing next to them as like the third wheel and he looks very depressed and he's looking down at the floor and like not happy to be there and not happy to be a third wheel. And they, they paired it up with the image of the Creel family when they first get into their new home. Same shot um, and both the husband and wife, Creel and his wife, are holding each other very happy and then Beckna, 
little Vecna is standing in the exact same position as Will, looking down and depressed in the exact same manner. So I think it might be a connection to Will might have a similar origin story as Vecna. Um, he's emotionally traumatized. He has lost connection to everyone and anyone in his life. His friends won't talk to him. He doesn't have a relationship with uh, intimately with anyone. And he feels isolated, just like little Vecna did. So I think that it's possible Will might end up becoming the villain of Season 5, whether he gets powers or not. Maybe Vecna's powers are transferred onto him in some way. But I think that Will might have a bigger part to play, and it's also been set up with him having very little to do in this season other than being uh, a, a kid going through, clearly going through depression and a third wheel amongst everyone. I think that it might be setting up a big play later in the season. That's definitely possible, and especially because... Season three, Will still had the mind flayer inside of him. He still had pieces of the upside yeah, down inside exactly. of him. Yeah. So we could you could argue that maybe Will's just been a pawn that Vecna's been using the whole time. If we find out that Vecna's been behind everything, because Vecna, there's been glimpses of him. We've learned in every single season, whether it be you seeing a clock or hearing like the slow motion distorted sound of the ticking in the clock. It happens in season three when. Steve drops down into the tunnels. It happens in season two. You hear the clock too. So, oh really? It seems like Vecna's always been there, whether they plan that or not. We don't. I don't know if the Duffers plan that far ahead with the villain. Who would it be in season four? Maybe not. But maybe the Upside Down had never left Will and still hasn't left Will. That's and what I think. Yeah. Although there was a reconciliation between him and Mike, so maybe that's going to help suppress it. But that's definitely a cool theory. I like that. And maybe even Vecna recruits him. Maybe. Like maybe dark, Vecna's dark been, been inside him the whole time, and Will's just been trying to hide it and trying to suppress it. Maybe he can't hold on anymore. Yeah, So I think, and I think that would be really interesting to break up the friends group and to also have the person you love being the person trying to kill you all. I think it would be a really interesting villain. In the grandfather clock, it's important because... Anytime anyone sees the grandfather clock, as Max pr- realized, that means you have 24 hours to live, which is really seven, cool. Kind of like the, seven ri- days. the ring aspect, yeah, which is ring. really fun. There's also a connection to in- Inception, where you play your favorite song. and If you play someone's favorite song when they're possessed in the Upside Down, and it opens a portal to escape the Upside Down, very much like playing the Edith Piaf song in Inception when you're in a dream within a dream or whatever. So I like the uh, that influence that the Inception has on this season. I thought it was a really great idea. And, and also, yeah. another... Well, just to stay on that, I think yeah. that Max's storyline and plot has been really terrific in this season, especially the first, like, four episodes, and then Dear Billy, that episode, the fourth one, is really excellent. And the the, the scene where, you know, she, she knows she's going to die, or she thinks she's going to die. They're trying to figure out what's going on with Vecna, and they learn that the music is the key to pull them out, and the Kate Bush song, Running Up That Hill, being amped up while she's trapped in Vecna's lair being floated into the air, about to be killed. Really cool, really interesting scene, and yeah. I think one of the most exciting moments of the season so far. And speaking of playing someone's favorite song, I think, so in the trailer in the trailer for the first season, you saw uh, Eddie playing guitar. Rocking in the yeah. trailer. And we didn't, know who, we didn't know who the character was uh, before the show aired. Um, I actually got in a debate with someone online because they thought it was Mike, and I'm like, that's clearly not the Finn Wolfhard. That's clearly like a grown man with different hair. I thought it was just guitar. for fun for the yeah. trailer, but then I also thought it was going to be the villain. Uh, I was way off. <laughs> I thought it was just like a Mad Max, like let's just have some guy rip yeah. a guitar, but clearly he's going to have to yeah. play guitar for somebody. Because I think he's going to be playing Nancy's favorite song to rescue her, maybe. So I think that they're going to try and figure out what Nancy's favorite song is because we haven't heard it yet. But when her and Robin were in the Nancy's bedroom getting dressed for the interview with the guy at the mental institution. Um, Robin was going through all her stuff, and she was going through her cassettes, so maybe she saw um, an artist that uh, Nancy might have been obsessed with, and then they'll be able to figure out what her favorite song is to save her from Vecna. And so I think Eddie playing guitar on top of that house is either him playing Nancy's favorite song, or it could be a distraction just to get Vecna to go to him. Yeah, because clearly they're setting up. He's a metalhead. He plays guitar. He's in a band. He's trying to become a rock star. And even the first scene when he brings Chrissy back to his RV, his trailer, to sell her the drugs because she's desperately trying to shut out all the things that are going on with her mind because of Vecna possessing her, he, like, strokes the guitar. He's like, hey, sweetheart, did you yeah. miss me? You beautiful thing. So clearly the guitar is going to come out at some point. And I think you're right about him playing guitar. It probably save somebody. Yeah, I think that. Which it, would be cool. It would be great. Full circle moment for Eddie. And I, it seems like Eddie's probably not going to die because I think he maybe accidentally, accidentally leaked that he doesn't die because he said on Twitter, I don't know, if, you're, if you don't want to hear a spoiler of what he said on online, I, don't, I mean, is it a story spoiler? No, it's not a story spoiler, but he just said, I hope they bring me back for season five. Oh, that's yeah. So it sounds spoiler. like he doesn't die. 
and which would break. Well, no the trend. one's ever really dead anymore. But that breaks the trend of cool new character comes in that everyone loves and they kill him. Like it keeps happening. Well, that's why I think they're gonna, they're going to kill a main cast member. I think so definitely. too. And there's definitely a very tragic, somber moment. Uh, in the trailer for the new for volume two, where everyone is just really sad, and it seems like someone's oh, really? gonna pass away, like a funeral scene or something, kind of, or like everyone's just in the in the living room, just like not talking and very sad. Yeah, I also wonder. I'm I wonder what the plan of attack is for the kids because they don't have L. <clears throat> yes. In, in, in the shot, they're driving in an RV and it looks like they're going somewhere. The California kids. Yeah. No, no, uh, Nancy and um all of them. Okay. They're all, they're all reunited somehow. I wonder what the plan of attack is. If you don't have L, how are you gonna take out Vecna? So I'm just curious to see what they figure out, um, how they get a weakness of Vecna's, and how would you even attack Vecna if I you don't have L's powers? I think the only reason, and so the she's only probably going to have to go and see Upside Down. They're going to have to have a big battle. Yeah, and it looks like the facility is going to go come under attack. Um, there's a, a, some kind of attack sequence in the trailer of um, the of soldiers try, and security trying to protect the facility from some kind of uh, invading forces. Yeah, I really like... I like how Elle's getting her powers back. She's going through her trauma to regain her powers because they're there somewhere. And Owen has been a great character. And, you know, he, he's a little morally ambiguous at first because when he brings her to the facility after he saves her from getting arrested, which was intense yeah. after busting that girl's face up, he's like, oh, don't worry about that. It's, no, it's like no big deal. We killed her. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and so now she's back in the facility and she sees Dr. Brenner again. It's very tragic. And she's kind of back where she was, but it's essential, and it, they need to do it. Owen doesn't want to do it. Brenner seems like he wants to do it, but I, I think maybe a con with Brenner's character is that he's starting to turn into more of an empathetic protagonist when I kind of liked him better as just the, the vibe of an evil scientist. I agree. I think when, when Brenner was like, you can leave any time you want, I was like, really? She never could leave before. So I, I also think he might be going a little soft. But they've, they're now, it's like his whole plan was to stop the Upside Down. That was like the entire yeah, yeah, point. Yeah. It's like, really? Was that it? Or was he just experimenting on kids that he found? Like he I found like the a- character better just being a mad scientist experimenting on kids trying to create like a superpower being. So I, th- I like that. The original interpretation of the character, but you're right. He did become more of like he's has more of an honorable goal in mind, whereas um, I, I, Owen always had that, and that w- that's what we said makes the difference between the two of them. Because Owen's always been there to protect her, and he is protecting her. But he, they, I think it's like a no turning point. We have to do this, or else the world's gonna yeah. end. What's interesting is we didn't see the uh, the the black void in this season at all. Just Nina, yeah, just for a moment, right? No, well, she just goes inside Nina. Mm-hmm. Then she goes into her memories. Yeah. So it's a different situation. She's not using it to expand her powers. That she's just getting put. It's kind of like being put in the Matrix, kind of. No, I'm I'm talking about the black in between. No, I know. Yeah, 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 I know. Is that in this season? It hasn't been because they're yeah. not. She's not doing that. No, no I'm she, I'm yeah. saying it's interesting that we didn't see that at all this season. I think maybe because it's become a calling card of the show. I think maybe they listen to our podcast about it. and They're probably <laughs> like, "You're right. We did rip off are under the, the skin." Are they are they, subscri- <laughs> are they subscribers? The Duffers unsubscribed to us. I doubt it. <laughs> I like that we're not doing that, and I, I think the concept of Nina is cool. It's like very Dragon Ball Z with the uh, hyperbolic time chamber, kind yeah. of like she needs to go back into training, and she has to figure <laughs> out how to be a superhero again. It's really cool, and the 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 emotional back and forth between Ellen and Mike, it seems pretty realistic, and I hope that they end up together again because you can see the situation where she gets her powers back, and then he still wants to be with her, and she's like, you only love me, or he says, I love you now. And maybe she's like, you only say I love you because I have my powers back. So maybe there's oh, a situation yeah, yeah. where they never get back to being together. Mike which, messed it up. Which would make sense Mike because up. I think that's I think that's going to happen where he's going to say I love you. And then she's like, it's only because I'm powerful again. Yeah. But also she was lying to him. And friends don't lie. Friends don't lie. Friends don't lie. She was lying a lot. Yeah. And she's, she even said the will of friends don't lie when and she's, and she's like being a contradiction. So I think... She's going through a lot. Yeah, she's going through a lot. I hope they reunite because I think they are definitely the center emotional heartbeat of the show and they always have been. Like it, when they yeah. finally kissed at the school dance, it was like, oh, finally, that's so cute. <laughs> and I liked season three when they're together and then yeah. also when they're reunited in the for the first few minutes of their reunion in season four is great, but then yeah. it just goes downhill. I, I, and I also hope Mike gets, uh, Finn's character gets a lot more screen time and more to do. In the final two episodes, maybe they're just saving that storyline. Yeah, maybe for, they're saving it. They're gonna link up with Eleven in the facility. But I'm also, sure. like that shootout was actually pretty good in the in the house. It was when long the agents take. Did, yeah, it, it was, was a long it was take. like a John Wick style it shootout. It looked really good. I was like, whoa, this is cool. That I was like one it. of the best parts of the season so yeah, far. They haven't done anything like that in the show at all. Really impressive. They did a great job. And, and I love how that agent was just like absolute. John Wick destroyed everyone he was great. with a handgun. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
one of my favorite aspects of the season so far has been Victor Creel in the concept of serial killers, which has been a lot of fun. I love you serial love killers. serial killers. And it's been great to learn the backstory of Victor Creel. To, and you think that Vecna is just like this spirit, this demon who's been possessing him. Yeah, and you've, yeah. But then we learn that it's his son that was possessing the entire family and doing everything. That's a new take on like a, a horror family house situation. You've, we've seen the horror house a thousand times. A family moves into a house and they're being tormented by, by a spirit or something. I don't think it's ever been done where it's the child is tormenting everybody. I think that was such a great idea. This is a good twist, absolutely. And <clears throat> there are a bunch of nods to Freddy Krueger. I mean, obviously the design of Vecna is Freddy Krueger-esque, but they, I think the Duffers did an amazing job of showing their love and like saying this is what inspired us, first of all. They had a couple of identical shots of Vecna when he's going down the steps of revealing his huge hand, which is an identical shot to Freddy Krueger walking down the steps in one of the films. And then also you cast Robert England as Victor Creel, and he did a fantastic job. He was awesome to see on screen again. He really suits the horror genre. And I, I love how the Duffers are like, we owe this guy so much, and I'm we're just going to put him in the show. I thought it was terrific. And also Freddy's laugh. I can't remember which episode it's in, but his laugh is in the Upside Down when we're oh, really? going into Vecna's. Really? When I think we're going into Vecna's lair for uh-huh. the first time. You can hear Freddy Krueger's laugh. It's oh, really great. Oh, interesting. So it's a little great little piece of, of sound design to just that. pay homage to Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street as well. Yeah, and all in all, I think Vecna has really added up to the best antagonist film that we've seen in the show so far, including even the human antagonist. We've had some good ones. I think that the show needed this. They it, that the show needed a villain from the upside down who is intelligent and can communicate rather than a more um, demogorgons rather than demodogs and rather than mind flayer um, these just beasts and I think having an intelligent being as this season's villain really for me solidified Stranger Things as one of the best shows on television yeah and I'm I'm very excited to get all the reunions to get Jonathan and Nancy back together and see what's going on Ooh, with the, the love triangle. triangle Steve which I I hope. After this season, they don't keep making Nancy just like one of the, a girl for one of the guys to date. Uh-huh. Hopefully, maybe they can get out of that situation of the love triangle thing. I'm excited for everyone to get reunited. Erica Sinclair, uh, Lucas's sister, has been a huge part of the season as well. Oh, yeah, working yeah. with Dustin and yeah. everything. She again. always comes in handy. Um, and it seems like finally the parents are going to start learning some stuff. Obviously, besides mm-hmm. Joyce and Hopper and some of the adults knowing everything. They have to get the the parents on board because now their kids are being hunted by the entire town. And they got to start showing the parents what's going on in the Upside Down, having the Wheelers learn what's going on, having the Sinclairs know what's going on. Let let them learn the situations. It's the same thing. You didn't watch that show Dark, but eventually everyone and all the people in the town start to learn of the situation that's going on in the small town. So I think they wow, need— Wow, thanks for spoiling the show for me. <laughs> now I'm never going to watch People it. People find out what's going on. No, not watching now. So I think they need to start revealing things go- that what's happening in Hawkins to a lot of the parents, especially the kids' parents. Especially because some of them think they are part of a cult now. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ted Wheeler definitely thinks they're in a cult. Yeah, Ted Wheeler, he's just grumpy as hell. But yeah. he's that's a great interpretation of a grumpy dad. Yeah, he's a perfect grumpy dad. But, yeah. I mean, Nancy Wheeler, she's—I mean, uh, yeah, Karen Wheeler, I'm sorry. Karen seems to be—she's, like, the leader of these— parents that last shot which was there the, which was a great shot where they're going from the parents to the kids on the bikes what this show has done a, a really incredible job with editing is their transitions from shot to shot oh, sequence yeah, yeah, to yeah. sequence setting mm-hmm. to setting they've done a tremendous job and i think one of my favorite shots is the parallel shot of the young kids on bikes after they escape the house and the cops after being interrogated and then the camera flips side, upside down to the older teens and the upside down on bikes. So shots like that have been all over the season. They've gotten very creative with their editing, which means they've been storyboarding and planning the hell out of the show visually and it's just paying off and it's been a very fun and seamless show in terms of transitioning from setting to setting. I think my favorite shot was when the kids discover the chandelier glowing in Creel's house. And then in the same shot, the camera goes from that dining room and the chandelier, and it moves up into the upside down, and Vecna's, like, right above him. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, Vecna's, like, right there in relation to the upside down. So I thought it was a fantastic shot, and they, the transitions have been really excellent for sure. Yeah, I'm just, I've been loving the season, loving the new additions. I mean, with, with Joseph Quinn as Eddie Munson, Eduardo Franco. Eduardo Franco as Argyle, and then Bauer as... Um, uh, Vecna. Vecna and one. So they just did a great job with casting, new additions to the crew, new dilemmas, tons of plots going on along. They're doing a pretty good job keeping it all together, and I can't wait for all the reunions. Elle to get her powers back, or fully back, and 
just see some battles and get the get the problem solved and just take Vecna out. I'm very excited. Yeah. I think the entire battle is going to take place in the Upside Down. And I then think. get Hopper yeah. and Joyce back to Hawkins from Russia. So yeah. everything's going to come. I'm, I'm sure the penultimate episode will be great, but I know the last one is going to run at two and a half hours. Two and a half hours, For wow. the final episode of the season because there's only two episodes in Volume 2, but it's going to be four hours of Stranger Things. Looking forward to it. I can't wait to see how they wrap things up. And, I mean, this has become one of the best seasons of the show. They are, as I like to say, firing on all cylinders. <laughs> and I, I'm very excited. I hope uh, at least one of my theories is correct. We'll, I'll, I'll be fun to see if I got any of them right. But I can't wait to see how things end. I can't wait to see the final confrontation. And I, I think everything's up in the air, and anyone's at risk except for, I think, 11. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I'm expecting absolute carnage for Volume 2. <laughs> absolute carnage. I want to see mayhem. Multiple deaths. I want to see a couple of deaths. They're gonna, they said they're going to Game of Thrones it, so let's Game of Thrones the show. They better. Let's raise the stakes. I want to see a raised. lead character die because it's, it's great to see like new characters die, but then also I want to see le- one of the leads from Season 1 has to get kaput. And I hope Enzo doesn't die. I like Enzo a lot. <laughs> Enzo's great. Yeah. Enzo's a great character. We'll see. He's uh he's he's gonna he's a good lo- guy. He's gonna he's like uh, Lexi. He starts. Yeah. He's gonna learn to love capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got anything else on on this episode? That's it for today. There's so much to go over. Hopefully, yeah. we covered most of the stuff. And our Stranger Things Volume Two review is gonna come out right after the episode the next day, so it's not gonna be late and delayed like this one because we were on our trip. So we're gonna try and get that review a, a, a out as Within soon as possible. Day. Yeah, that way we give people enough time to watch four hours of it, but then also. We don't want you to wait too long for it. So we know a lot of you, you know, you work full time and so you don't, you can't stay up till 4 a.m. to watch the show when it drops Thursday night at midnight and you need to get home and watch it. So (laughs) they'll probably drop Saturday morning after, after volume two drops. Probably something like that. So thanks for tuning in to Stranger Things season four, volume one, our episode, which we recorded at Spotify Pod City in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for tuning in and stay tuned and get excited for video podcasts on Spotify for the show. Take care, everyone. This episode of Raiders of the Lost podcast has been executive produced through Patreon thanks to Cody Moen, Calvin Cam, John Agratz, and Lauren Smertz. Thank you to our producers. Thanks so much for tuning in to Raiders of the Lost podcast. Be sure to subscribe. If you're new, hit the like button, leave a comment. Find us on all audio streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Raiders of the Lost podcast. Be sure to check out one of these other videos right here for more content on our favorite films and breaking down all kinds of movie content. Thanks so much.